0: Daniels podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with any of these products, don't hesitate to give them a call 405 458 9699. It's all about educating yourself on how these products can benefit your daily life. I'm a customer at Artisan Botanicals, and they are amazing people, genuinely looking out for what's best for you. Also, we're saving you 15% right now when you order online at abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code COLBYSHOW, C-O-L-B-Y-S-H-O-W. Discount code COLBYSHOW to save 15% off your online order at abotanicalcompany.com. Plus, they have easy and safe pickup. Their drive-through is open, so you can order online. Save your 15%, pick it up, efficiently and safely at artisan botanicals hope everybody had a great weekend and a great super bowl sunday we had a pretty incredible spread you know we did the uh the food draft on friday and i was inspired at least so uh, we ended up with uh, a bunch of different stuff we went sliders as the main dish item we had uh, little smokies and barbecue sauce and brown sugar, which was really good. We had seven-layer dip. We had buffalo chicken dip. We had the uh, cream cheese stuffed bacon-wrapped jalapenos. Uh, it was it was an awesome Super Bowl party at my house. I say party. There were uh, the three of us and then my mom. But uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a big shindig. But anyway, we had a good time. The game obviously was uh, a big disappointment in terms of. The expectation of Brady and Mahomes and the quarterback duel, uh, you know, it, it certainly wasn't as expected from that front. But uh, we'll talk about the game in a minute. I do have to go over the prop bet pick'em results. Uh, if you listen to Friday's show, Aaron Davis and I picked the prop bets. We have a wager on the line. The loser of prop bet pick'em has to tweet every day for a week that they lost to the other person and tag them in the tweet and then they have to change their Twitter bio to uh, they lost prop bet Pickem to the other person. So here we go, prop bet Pickem 2021. We'll go over the results. So the coin toss, Aaron had Tampa, I had Kansas City. Kansas City was the right answer. So score one for Colby. Uh, opening kick being a touchback, we both answered yes, and it was not. So neither one of us gets a point there. Would there be a score in the first five minutes of the game? Aaron said yes. I said no. No was the correct answer. Then we get to some of the Patrick Mahomes prop bets. Mahomes going over or under 327.5 yards. Aaron picked the under, and that was correct. Completions, over or under 28.5. We both went over. It was under. I believe the number was 26. Uh, Rushing yards, 18.5. We both picked over, and I think he went over 18 yards rushing on the on the first possession of the game. Uh, the longest pass play of the game, 39 and a half. I took the over. Aaron took the under. The longest play was 33 yards. So Aaron got that one right as well. Uh, so at this point, it is tied 3-3. Tom Brady stats, over under 296 and a half yards passing. We both took the over. It was under. Completions 24 and a half. We both took the over. It was under interceptions 0.5. We both took the over. It was under uh, in large part to a horrible call on the, uh, on the interception field goals made over under three and a half. We both took the under. I, I I had the number at three um, and it was, uh, it was four. So we both missed that one. Would there be a two point conversion attempted? We both said, yes, it was a no the largest lead of the game, over under 14 and a half. We both took the under. It was obviously over. Um, Tampa Bay led by, what, I think 21 or 22 was their largest lead of the game. Third down conversions, over under eleven and a half. and a half. Aaron took the over. I was correct with the under. I think the total ended up being like seven uh, punts in the game, six and a half. We both took the under. And we were both wrong. I think there were seven total punts in this matchup. The National Anthem, over, under, one minute, 59 seconds. Aaron took the under. I took the over. The time was 2.17. So I got that one right. The over on the anthem. Would there be a scoring drive that lasted, that that took less amount of time than the National Anthem? Aaron said no. I said yes. So I got that one. Halftime songs. Uh, The over-under was set at 8. Aaron took the under, I took the over, and it was a push. 8 on the money. Uh, Would Ariana Grande make a halftime appearance? Aaron said yes. I said no. That was a no answer. The Puppy Bowl, Team Rough or Team Fluff? Aaron took Team Rough, and that was the correct answer. Would Donald Trump's name be mentioned in the Super Bowl? We both said no. The answer was no. Bill Belichick mentions, uh, the over under, I believe was set at, uh, at one, we both took the over and it was a push one mention, uh, how many chain measurements would there be? The over under was 1.5. Aaron took the over and I was correct with taking the under. First half points, would the total be an even number or an odd number? The number was 27. I took odd. Aaron took even, so I was correct on that one. Would the price of Bitcoin be greater or less than uh, at the end of the Super Bowl from where it was when it started? Uh, We both took the over and both got that correct. What would be mentioned first? Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl appearance or that he was 43 years old? Aaron said 10th Super Bowl. I said 43 the answer was 10th Super Bowl. And finally, what would happen first in the game? A quarterback sack or a touchdown? Aaron said sack. I said touchdown. The correct answer was sack. So that gives us our grand total Colby 11, Aaron 8, and I have won the prop at Pickham. So uh, make sure you tune in to Aaron Davis' Twitter account, Mr. Davis Media, at Mr. Davis Media, as he has to tweet that he lost to me every day for a week. Plus, he has to change his Twitter bio to "He lost prop bet Pickham to me" in the Twitter bio. So check that out, Mister at Mister Davis Media, Mr. Davis Media, on Twitter. So shout out to Aaron for uh, for doing the prop bet Pickham and uh, losing graciously as he always does. So let's recap the Super Bowl. Uh, big win for the Buccaneers. Dominant win for the Buccaneers. You know, I think when you step away from this thing and and just really let it sink in a little bit uh you know this defense and the performance they put on against you know a guy that i, I think is as talented as anybody that's ever played the position uh is going to go down as one of the greatest super bowl performances of all time and it's kind of an interesting storyline for me uh i think on this this monday because tom brady's the guy that is getting the majority of the credit, uh, obviously, he wins Super Bowl number seven. He's now won Super Bowls with two different teams and two different conferences, and he wins a Super Bowl the year after getting away from Belichick. Like all of those things are big storylines. There's no question, and and I'm not trying to dispute that at all, but. I think for me the biggest takeaway watching that game was how dominant the defense was against a Kansas City offense that is I think one of the best offenses we've we've seen in the history of the NFL. Um, you know, they were they were either getting a touchdown or a field goal attempt on ninety two percent of Patrick Mahomes' possessions this postseason that, that weren't a an end of the half, end of the game kneel down type scenario. So you know, this is an all-time great offense that was completely dominated by Tampa Bay's defense. And for as as great as you know Tom Brady's performance was, twenty-one of twenty-nine, two hundred yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, didn't make any big mistakes uh, like he did in the Green Bay NFC Championship. He he did his job at a very high level and uh, took advantage of a bunch of opportunities that were afforded the Bucks in the first half for sure. But the Tampa Bay defense, to me, is the story from this Super Bowl. I thought that there were a few different Tampa Bay defenders that, that probably deserved Super Bowl MVP consideration over Tom Brady. But look, he's, he's the difference maker. Tampa Bay was 7-9 and nine a year ago. You add Tom Brady and some other crucial pieces, and you win the Super Bowl. I, I, I think Tom Brady's leadership with this team has probably been the biggest X, fact, X factor more than anything else. Tampa Bay had weapons with Jameis Winston, and they hit a lot of big plays. I mean, Godwin and and Mike Evans were two of the best receivers in the NFL a year ago. But they turned the ball over a ton, and they put their defense in a lot of bad situations. Enter Tom Brady, and you take away a lot of those bad decisions. You don't put your defense in a lot of bad positions, and you play smart football, and you still are able to take advantage of your weapons, and that's what we saw, especially on this stretch run with Tampa Bay. But... The defensive performance by the Buccaneers, I think when you start to really look at the past defenses in super Bowl history that we we consider to be special, I don't know how this one's not at the top. I mean you go back I don't want to go back too far because I feel like there's just such a difference in the style of football you know over the even even within the last five to ten years than there was you know twenty years ago. but um you know like basically just going back to the eighty five bears. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of the, the gold standard as far as defenses in the NFL and how good they are. The 85 Bears held the Patriots to 10 points in the Super Bowl. Uh, that was a team that obviously had Hall of Famers with Mike Singletary and Richard Dent and Dan Hampton. Uh, and, you know, obviously there were other big-time players on that defense with Steve McMichael and and Refrigerator Perry. I mean, that was an all-time great group, without a doubt. But they gave up 10 points to a Patriots offense that I don't know that anybody really considered to be dynamic. I mean, you know, you, you saw two super two quarterbacks in that Super Bowl. Um, not Again, I'm not taking anything away from the 85 Bears. I'm just trying to put into perspective how terrific the Buccaneers def- defensively were last night. Uh, the other ones that, you know, since 85 that I, I would put in that category, you go to uh, the 2000 Ravens that uh, held the Kerry Collins, New York giants to seven points. Obviously that group was, uh, Ray Lewis, Peter Bulware, uh, who else was on that team? Chris McAllister, Dwayne Starks, uh, Rod Woodson late in his career. Uh, this was before Ed Reed and, and Terrell Suggs got there, but yeah, that was, uh, that was an incredible group. And, you know, I, 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 that I, I remember how dominant they were defensively in that game, but once again, I, I would just kind of point toward the Giants' uh, offense and say that they were nowhere near the threat that Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City was. Um, we've got the Seahawks in 2013 with the uh, the Legion of Boom, you know Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman, and I mean that group was incredible, and they held the Broncos to eight points. Uh, you know that that is, I think, one of the all-time great defensive performances, especially because you consider uh, how good that Denver offense was that season, and they were completely neutralized in that Super Bowl. Uh, the 2015 Broncos is another one that, that was really impressive with Vaughn Miller and Demarcus Ware, uh, Chris Harris, Aqib Talib, T.J. Ward. They held the Cam Newton Panthers to only 10 points in, uh, in 2015. The Patriots, just two years ago, Held uh, Jared Goff and the Rams to only a field goal, uh, three points. That was a really good Rams offense for most of the year, but um, you know they they it kind of felt like toward the end uh, it wasn't wasn't really clicking on all cylinders. And look, it was it was good Jared Goff versus bad Jared Goff. And then you have you know last night obviously the Buccaneers holding the Patrick Mahomes led Kansas City Chiefs to nine points. So you know I again I think the Brady conversation and the Brady narrative and the fact that he got number seven last night with another team in his first year with another team completely overshadows what, in my opinion, might be considered the the best defensive performance in Super Bowl history, um, considering the offense they were facing. Here's the other crazy part. How about the fact that Tom Brady's last two Super Bowls, his defenses haven't given up a touchdown? That's insane. 2018, the, the Patriots only give up three points to the Rams and then, obviously, nine points, three field goals to the Chiefs last night. Um, you know, we we talked about this a lot over the last two weeks. The pass rushers for Tampa Bay are incredible. Shaq Barrett and, and JPP, Shaq Barrett led the league in sacks last season. And although he wasn't quite at the same clip this year, both of those guys are still tremendous ed, edge rushers. And we saw how impressive they were in the NFC Championship against the Green Bay Packers, and especially the Packers without their starting left tackle David Bakhtiari, uh, they were they were dominated on the line of scrimmage, and Aaron Rodgers was, um, you know, obviously pressured throughout the game. We thought that was going to be an issue for Kansas City as well, although I, I never considered it being this big of an issue or uh, being so bad that that it was going to play out the way that it did. I, I thought that Kansas City would make some more offensive adjustments. I, I thought that there would be some situations where they would use more, uh, they, w- they would give those guys a little bit more help. They would get the ball out quicker. It just never seemed like Kansas City last night was willing to adjust what they were doing. And a good example of that is the fact that uh, in 92% of their dropback situations, Kansas City only used five guys to pass protect. So basically what that means is for almost, for 92% of their pass attempts, the Rams offensive staff thought that they would just leave their tackles in in one-on-one situations and hope for the best. At some point, I don't know how you didn't watch that and just think, like, you've got to change something. You know, it was funny at halftime, it kind of felt like, hey, the, the Buccaneers have complete control of this, but I saw all these people tweeting, hey, you know, Kansas City a year ago scored all those points in the fourth quarter and they came back, and if anybody can do this, it's Kansas City, and while I, I think that was an entertaining storyline at halftime, for me, uh, not that I, I completely counted Kansas City out, but it was going to take a massive adjustment as far as what they were doing offensively to, to be able to start doing that. And, and they never really adjusted. Uh, they, were, they were getting dominated by the pass rush. And because of that, they weren't ever able to really stretch the field vertically and here's where I think the other big part of the game was that, that may not be getting as much attention. The job that Devin White, Levante, David did, not only in the middle of the field, but sideline to sideline, those guys were animals, right? Like, you, you look at the, the sacks and the pressures. There were 18 quarterback pressures in this game, which is the most in a postseason game in the last 10 years. That um, it, It's easy to, I think, get completely caught up in the edge rushers, And how dominant they were. But, like, Levante David, for me, might have been the MVP. When you consider how he neutralized uh, Travis Kelsey for the majority of that game... That's the one thing that I think was completely unexpected, right? Like, again, for the last two weeks, we talked about how the opportunity was there for those edge rushers to play a big role in this game and how Kansas City was going to need to make adjustments. They didn't make adjustments. But even if they didn't make adjustments, I still would have never thought that Travis Kelsey was going to be taken out of the game. Even if you're getting pressure, I still thought, you're going to have Travis Kelsey on a lot of the underneath stuff, and, and that's still going to be an option even if you don't have a lot of time. And it wasn't because Levante David was fantastic. So that was that was maybe the most unexpected part of, of the Buccaneers' defensive performance for me was Levante David. And, you know, I tweeted last night, I, I if, if I had to give the MVP out or a vote for it, I think Levante David gets my vote because, again, for as good as those pass rushers were – we kind of expected that they were going to win their matchup against backup tackles. Uh, we didn't expect that Levante David was going to smother Travis Kelsey for four quarters. So uh, that, that to me is, is just so significant in the way that game played out and what Patrick Mahomes had available to him and what he didn't have available to him. Um, you know, Mahomes obviously was able to to run the ball early Um, Tampa Bay just has so much speed. Again, those linebackers are so good, so fast from sideline to sideline. And there were a bunch, here's the other thing. There were a bunch of Patrick Mahomes passes where I I think his receivers let him down. Uh, if you remember, I, I think one of the biggest sequences in the game was in the first half, Kansas city had a third down situation. Mahomes throws it to Travis Kelsey and he drops it. It would have been a first down catch and he just drops the ball. That was followed by the punt that gave the 20-yard punt or whatever it was that gave Tampa Bay great field position. And then if you want to talk about the penalties, we can do that as well, because I thought the penalties were in the first half were significant to the way that first half played out. Now, I, I'm also not going to sit here and tell you that was the reason why the Chiefs lost the game. I, I don't think that's the case. I mean, it was it was proved throughout four quarters that Tampa Bay was more dominant on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. For like ninety percent of the game, ninety-five percent of the game. I mean, it was it was a dominant performance by Tampa, but I thought Tampa's offense was helped out tremendously multiple times in the first half. Uh, the The first one was the interception, right? Like I, that that to me was just a god awful penalty on the interception uh, to give Tampa Bay a second life. Uh, and and look, they they ended up scoring on that drive, so it, it played a pretty significant role in in creating the deficit that it created. And then at the end of the half, I, I I think that it's fair to say that Kansas City is partly responsible for giving up that last touchdown because they were using those timeouts. Like, what are you doing? Uh, I, I I thought, especially after the first one, I didn't mind the first timeout, but when they set up the the third and short after second down to take that second timeout, I thought was crazy and, and really gave Tampa an opening to, to try and, and push the ball down the field and score, but... The Mike Evans pass interference down the down the field, I thought was a bad call. and then the the Tom Brady throw into the end zone uh, before the touchdown penalty I thought was a bad call. I mean, all none of those I thought were legitimate penalties, and I thought it really helped Tampa Bay out. Now, again, would that have mattered in the grand scheme of things? Would that have changed the outcome? I don't think it would have. but, I also absolutely believe it gave Tampa second opportunities when they wouldn't have otherwise got those early in the game, and Tom Brady capitalized on them. So, um, you know, that that a lot of people are talking about that uh, today. A lot of people were talking about it yesterday. Uh, put me in the camp that absolutely believes that those were terrible calls. But, again, I don't think it changes the outcome of the game, you know, when, when you consider Kansas City was so responsible for – so many mistakes. There were a lot of mistakes Kansas City made that had nothing to do with the refs. The game plan had nothing to do with the refs. And Kansas City, for some reason, refused to adjust the game plan. So, again, I, I thought the better team on Sunday won. But if you're upset about the officiating, I think that's a, a completely valid point. Let's also give some credit to the Tampa Bay front office and, you know, the job that they did over the last year. When you go back to a year ago and look at the 2019 Buccaneers, they were a 7-9 and nine football team. And obviously there were, you know, a bunch of talented guys on that team as well. Um, I mean, most of the defense was there a year ago, right? Devin, Devin White was a rookie, and obviously he was tremendously better this season than he was a year ago. Uh, but they, they had Levante David last year. Like I mentioned, Shaq Barrett led the league in sacks last year. Uh, JPP, I think, missed sometime a year ago. Uh, but they had him, they had Sue, they had Vita Veya. Um, you know, the majority of that defense was there a year ago but when you look at the key players they brought in and the experience and the role that those guys played i think you also have to credit the tampa front office for for pulling off one of the greatest off seasons in nfl history not only do they bring in the greatest quarterback or if you want to say the greatest football player to ever play the game in tom brady um that's that i mean if if it was just that piece alone and you win the super bowl I think you get a ton of credit for a great offseason. But you bring in a quarterback that even if he's not going to throw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards, he's also not going to make the big mistakes to lose you football games like Jameis Winston did. So even in the Jameis Winston offense, they were really explosive and they scored a lot of points, but they also helped the other team a lot. And, you know, this Tom Brady group uh, hasn't done that. You know, he had the three interceptions, obviously, against uh, Green Bay. But for the most part, Tom Brady has played mistake-free football and hasn't put his team in a bunch of bad positions like Jameis Winston did. But, you know, it's, it obviously goes beyond just Tom Brady. I mean, they, they got Leonard Fournette uh, from the Jaguars. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. They got Antonio Brown, who scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. They brought back Gronk, who scored two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. They hit home runs in the draft with Tristan Werfs, uh, who was one of the best right tackles in the NFL this year in his rookie season, and Antoine Winfield, the safety, who, you know, I, I think was really good on the back end of that Tampa defense. And, and obviously, you saw the penalty he got late in the game with Tyreek Hill. By the way, I, I, I know it's a penalty and you have to throw that flag for taunting, but when you consider Tyreek Hill doing that to him earlier in the season, um, I don't know. It, it, it didn't bother me too bad. I, I get why it's a penalty, but in terms of like me thinking that Antoine Winfield is a jerk or anything, um, you know, if, if Tyreek Hill's going to dish it out, then I, I feel like you have to take it when you lose. So uh, I, I don't really mind that at all. Uh, but, but yeah, a tremendous offseason uh, for that front office when you consider they brought in Brady, who threw for three touchdowns yesterday, Fournette rushed for a touchdown. All three of the touchdown receptions were by two by Gronk and one by Antonio Brown, and then the rookies they drafted—they had one of the the greatest off seasons in NFL history. Again, paired with I think one of the greatest defensive performances, if not the greatest perform, defensive performance in Super Bowl history. So, uh, what a year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers! Number seven for Tom Brady. You know, unless Bill Belichick, um, you know, brings in some no name quarterback and, and wins a Super Bowl immediately. I don't know how anybody ever has the Belichick-Brady conversation ever again. It's obviously Brady is the system. Danny, Danny Amendola basically said that a week ago. Um, you know, Tom Brady, I think, is the best leader in the history of the NFL. Uh, not only is he the most accomplished quarterback in the history of the NFL, he's the greatest of all time, but I, I think when you really look at the last two Super Bowls that he won and you look at his performances – and, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not like he was at his very best, and it's not like he had great games, but Tom Brady's just one of those guys that I think when when he's your leader, he makes everybody on the football team believe that because they have Tom Brady, they're bulletproof, and they're going to find a way to win. And that's that's just one of those valuable things that can't ever be measured in a box score or a stat sheet or anything like that. So Tom Brady wins number 7. Uh, the Tampa defense was incredible. And, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sad on this Monday that the football season has come to an end, but, uh, look, we still have, you know, I'm a big UFC fan and UFC has monster cards over the next couple months. We are, I think, uh, like two weeks away from, uh, pitchers and catchers reporting in major league baseball, which I'm excited about. And this is always that time where I start to transition into basketball as well. And the urgency in basketball starts to pick up. So, uh, a lot of good stuff to come, but, uh, I am sad the football season's over. I wished we had had a more entertaining game, a better matchup, a closer game uh, in the Super Bowl. But, again, I think, you know, as the dust settles, you just kind of have to reflect on what happened in that game. And, you know, for me, I told you, my biggest takeaway, the Tampa Bay defense, I think, has one of the the all-time great, most historic performances in Super Bowl history from a defense. And Tampa Bay capitalized on every opportunity they had in this thing. Um, you know, regardless of how you feel about the calls or any, anything like that. So um, there you go. Super Bowl is done. Tom Brady wins number seven, and we move on to the basketball season. That is it for this episode of the Colby Daniels podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with any of these products, don't hesitate to give them a call and ask any questions you may have. They're all about helping people live a better life. Their number is 405-458-9699. I'm a customer at Artisan Botanicals and they are great people. So again, they are looking out for your best interest. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. We are also saving you 15% right now off your online order. So when you check out online, abotanicalcompany.com, use the discount code COLBYSHOW, C-O-L-B-Y-S-H-O-W, discount code COLBYSHOW to save 15% off at abotanicalcompany.com. Everybody have a great day. Stay safe on this ice, and I will talk to you tomorrow The task is over.